Are you in touch? Let's stay in touch. I'll keep you in touch. We need to touch more on this topic. This was good, but it really needed a human touch. You know, we use that word touch in so many ways. And we use it metaphorically. And we use it very literally. And we do so because we realize that that word touch touches, pun intended, on a very deep, deep central core of what it means to be a human being. We, we do it all the time in, in every way. And, and I think we are aware of that. We even sing songs uh, about this. Some of you are old enough to remember a kind of an AT&T thing. It just was, you know, you couldn't escape it. I think it was all the way back in the 80s. Yeah, I'm, I lived then. Um, and they say, reach out and touch someone. All right, you remember that, right? Reach out. Yeah, you remember that song. And it was so strong. Not only was the little kind of a jingle tune kind of uh, addictive in a, in a way, but the theme was right there. And the idea, of course, was that, that across distances, you were able to connect with someone. And the phone was not just to be used for information sharing, but really you can reach out and touch someone and that rang a chord or just kind of uh, hit one of the deep strings in our lives we had a song secular as could be uh, but it what it was and I still remember it in my my upbringing actually I may have been a teenager but I'm not even sure and and the chorus ran something like this touch me that I may know that I'm alive and again, it became one of these things that everybody, it didn't matter where you turned, everybody could, could quote that. And it's that kind of deep thing, and, and it's metaphorically used in so many ways when we think about this, right? And it is also in many other ways. And so think about it when you just, uh, when you think of, of things like this. So not too long ago, uh, I saw on the news that there were some folks been a little while, but not too long ago, uh, that, that just decided to stand out in front of some large department stores, and they had a big sign, and it said, free hugs. And people lined up. I'm not kidding, you saw that, some of you, right? They were in long lines waiting for what? A free hug. Because we hug one another. We shake each other's hand. If you have someone you really love, you show kindness and love by stroking their cheek. And we, we need that touch that we may know that we are alive. There's so much uh, to be said even, even for this when you think about that for, for just a moment. You know, one of the big issues that, that uh, was there during COVID and what developed was, was all these needs and all these illnesses really that comes from not being able to touch. 
It was like long distant love, if you will. There was, we developed whole new ways. It was virtual love rather than real love. It was, we could not get close to people in any kind of meaningful way. We hug, we touch because it gives us a sense of belonging. And when we let go of that, or if we are even forced to let go of that, things happen. There are people of course, who can make themselves famous, psychologists and others, by talking about our need to be touched. But it is a thing also in Scripture, and it's pretty clear that, that if we are to be touched so that we really, really feel that we are alive, we must be touched by the God Almighty himself. In fact, when you think about it, that is exactly what the Christian faith is all about. Our Bible is full of stories about how God touches people's lives. And when he dies, everything changes. Yes? We just sang a, a Bill Gaither song. What made him famous is a 60, it was written in 63, right? So it's a 60 year old song 60 years now that's a long time some of you think it's not long but that's a long time ago even I feel that is a long time ago (laughs) and it's called he touched me oh he touched me and now I know and everything has changed some of you already singing it in your head, right? And I saw just a couple of years ago, he won some kind of award in, in the Dove Award, uh, whatever that's called. Um, and, and they sang that song. And I promise you, everyone there from the youngest teenager to become famous for singing the song to the oldest person there, people who had no reason whatsoever to have ever even heard that song, they sang it out of their heart, depths of their heart. Why? Because it touched A strong nerve, yes? He touched me. Oh, I know that he touched me. Let's read about that. We're in Luke chapter 4. We've been there several weeks. We began with with reading from verse 1, talking about the temptations of Jesus and how that identified him and how we our response to these things uh, identify also who are, we are and give us a deep sense of uh, identity even with that. Oh, then we moved on and we talked about how he was accepted uh, in one place and, and, and not in another place, right? Capernaum versus Nazareth and how did, that changed everything. We talked about the purpose that he had and how his purpose ought to be our purpose and how that changed our life when we see things through the lenses that he has given us to see them through. And then, of course, today we're going to talk about being touched by Jesus. So let's read from verse 38. If you don't have your Bibles in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, you can follow on the screen. After he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. And Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked her, asked him about her. That is, they asked him concerning her illness. He stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. 
And so she got up immediately and began to serve him. When the sun was setting, all those who had uh, anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on each of them and healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. When it was day, he went out and made his way to a desolate place. But when the crowds were searching for him, they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to other towns also because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Just think about this for a moment. You look at the text, and we're going to walk through that just kind of like line by line in many ways this morning. And so the first thing we notice, of course, is that the touch of Jesus is introduced by your request for help. That's a pretty well-known theme, and it's a pretty well-known rule, actually, even from life in general. And it certainly is for our relationship to God that that, uh, the touch comes when we request help. We know that, don't we? I mean, how many times have we not been doing things that we're about to break our back and we're doing that and, and we know we should call someone we don't and then when they come and ask, why didn't you call? I'll come help you. We say, yeah, you know, we thought you were busy. You know, all that stuff, right? And we know we should have called for help. That's just how it works and that, that's how also Jesus' touch is introduced into our lives. I, I'm aware, good and well, uh, actually more than I sometimes want to be aware, that there are Christians who hold that, that it is different when it comes to God, that, that God in his sovereignty will touch the very lives that he before the foundation of the world has already touched, and our prayer is not going to change anything regarding that. But can I say to you, don't ever give in to that kind of cold, mechanical understanding of God. It is completely foreign to Scripture. All over Scripture, we have example after example after example where the people's prayer and their request to Jesus changes everything. There's a synagogue ruler that asked if Jesus would come and healed his daughter and Jesus came and touched because of his prayer. There's a centurion that asked about, about his servant and, and just by the very word of Jesus that would come, but he requested that very thing. There's a, there's a lady who had been bleeding for years on years and years and she requested by touching the hem of his, his garment and, and it was her way of, of asking and it was on and on again. There's a man, a father asking on his father's day who, who was concerned about his child and, and, and he said I, I don't know that I believe but help my disbelief please help my son the Bible is replete with this theme they asked him to help and that is indeed the way 
Jesus' touch is going to be introduced also in your life. Your life as well, if you're not in the building at the moment. That's just how it works with this. So, the touch of Christ is essential not only to Christian living, but to the kind of freedom and the kind of awareness that we celebrate, not only today, but every single Sunday. You know, I know once we read scripture, some of you say, I, I never even thought of that. I just thought that was some kind of editorial remark, like a transitional sentence to, to bring him into the healing story from what, what was there before. But no, 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 I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's a very deliberate way that this is phrased and this is put so that it became obvious that it is a common thing for others to intercede for friends and others for them to experience the touch of Jesus. Are we hearing this? Are we hearing this? I realize we are, most of us, frequent churchgoers. We used to hear things like this. So we become numb to it. But don't become numb to it, friends. Pray for one another. Ask if you can pray for one another. Do so frequently. Do so repeatedly. Do so intently. Be aware that the touch of Christ is introduced most often. By someone praying for someone else or even for themselves. So I have to ask you this, friends. How long has that been since you deliberately, specifically, concretely asked that God in a sensible maybe even visible way, will touch someone's life. Notice the teaching in this text. It was when the crisis hit that they asked Jesus for help. And he reached out with no hesitation, giving his healing touch. When there's a need, God sends his blessing. When there's sorrow, God sends his comfort. When there's fear and anxiety, God sends his peace. When there's trials and temptation, God sends his strength. When there's loneliness, God sends his presence. When there's anger and and frustration, God sends his love. When there's discord, the same thing. When there is confusion, he sends his direction. Just bring it to God. When there's pain, God will bring his healing. It is there. When there's mistakes, when there's flat-out sin, And repentance, God, will show his grace. Let me ask you again. 
Is this your pattern? How long has it been since you directly, not as a side remark, not as, yeah, God bless this, God be with them there, there, you know, whatever, but a deliberate, specific, concrete request to Jesus about a specific, visible thing in someone else's life. Talk to him about everything. About your pain, about your sorrow, about your friends, about your neighbors, everything. Not superficially, but intently, expectingly. Moms and dad, talk to Jesus together. Moms, talk to Jesus. About the father in your house. Father, talk to Jesus about the mother in the house. Together, talk to Jesus about the kids in your house. Husband and wife, the exact same thing. Specifically, talk to Jesus. Ask for his touch. Friends, on father figures, on mother figures, on helpers, on everyone who's touching your life And even those beyond. And you think, well, no. We're not playing games. It's your life, yes? You get to live it once. We're not playing games, friends. Life is very real. What we need is a real touch. Not a virtual touch. And it always comes personally. If you stay in your text, you'll see the very next verse. Kind of highlights that. What does it say? That he leaned over or he stood over the sick person. A little bit later in that same very text, it says that they brought all the sick people to him. And what? He touched every single one of them. Now, it's the point. Personal touch all over society we kind of gotten used to just being a number part of a group we're kind of defined in broad general categories in in most of our lives that's just kind of how it works in many times and so just think about this who are you well i'm american well i'm texan well i'm a man i'm a woman i'm black I'm white, I'm young, I'm old. These are general, broad, big categories. I'm Christian, I'm an atheist. Broad, big categories, impersonal descriptions. But Jesus here, what does he do? He touches personally you. He sees you. This is one of those. But you. In fact, we've gotten so used to this whole thing that now we have millions of people trying to fit in a group. They'll do anything and all things to fit in a certain group. They will... They will 
post themselves on all kinds of medias and social media <clears throat> and others to, uh, to kind of project themselves as if they believe and belong to this particular group. They will say things they should never have said, but they think they get accepted in this group. They want to have a sense of, I belong there. They touch me. And, and so wiping out so many things just to belong to one group. We see that. And Jesus says, no, no, no. No, no, no. I come to you. I see you. I know you need a touch so that you really feel that you are alive. And so, I want to say yes. I want to touch you. You notice the same thing with the early disciples, right? The very first story we have in the book of Acts. Peter and John go into the temple to pray, and they see this man uh, sitting at the, at the beautiful gate, and, and they're, they're looking at him. And they say, look at us. And he stared at them, it says. He was not used to being recognized. He was just one of those that were outside the temple. There were plenty of those that were lame and couldn't walk and poor and needed money. They were just one of those. But they saw him. Look at us. And he looked. And everything changed. There was a personal touch. We're in this theme uh, in church, as you know, larger theme of life together. And all the sermons that we have dealt with and all that we're dealing with around kind of centers back in on that. But friends, it all begins right here. Because this is where power comes also for ministry. Notice the result. Of this. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and what? Immediately, she got up to serve. People who have been touched by Jesus have their lives changed. Almighty God will mark them in such a way that they begin to serve. This is actually a pretty good gauge. If you want to know about being touched by Jesus, if you have been touched by him, you will serve. Now, everybody would do it in different ways. God calls us with different gifts and have different ways and get different strengths and all that kind of stuff. But although the ministry of the service is different, the faithfulness remain the same. Because we're motivated by this touch from Christ. Why? Because it makes us love differently. And when you love differently, you touch differently. You reach out differently. You care differently. You know, nowhere in Scripture do we find some kind of notion that we may find nowadays become rather common, actually, that people would just say, well, uh, I'm Christian and it is just about me or between me and God, that it's a private matter. No, it's not. It never was. Scripture never opens that door. It's a personal matter. It was never a private matter. 
The touch of Christ will make you eager to serve him with the gifts and the capacities that have become yours. But the text doesn't even stop here. Notice what happens right after that. Verse 41. The testimony is brought forth through this. Now, in this text, the confession and testimony that you are the son of God comes from the devil, from one of his demons, if you will. But that doesn't make any difference. The the principle is the exact same thing. We're living in days when people need help. And they seek it anywhere and everywhere on the web, on the dark web on pages they shouldn't go, with people they have no idea. They listen to people they don't know who are. They, they, they just find help, whatever, from the dumbest or from the wisest, whatever. Whatever can be here. Some even go and find spiritual kind of stuff that has to do with powers to come not from God. So how do you find your way in all of this? I think the answer is right here. You know that it's from God when what comes out of this is a a praise or confession about Jesus. Even if it's other people that, that give you that help, what you see in the end is that Christ has done a work in your life on this other person's life that I prayed for. And everything becomes about him. You know, you can't stop talking about what matters. Jesus even says that what the heart is full of, your mouth speaks. It's just what it is. So if you see Jesus working in your life, it's hard to not talk about it. Like you do about all other things. Whatever hits you with force. You talk about. Let's move on again. See the time is about to run out here. But look. As we round this up. Right. That. How does he find that kind of power? If you look at verse 42. It says that he withdrew into a desolate place. That's biblical language for he found a place to pray. Mark says the exact same thing. He says early in the morning when it was still dark, he got up to pray. And I read that and I'm asking you when you read that, how long has that been? That you sought this particular place in a special way. Maybe even because days were busy early in the morning before the light came on. When it was still dark, you went out to pray. If you want your life to touch other people's lives in a way where clearly power is released, things are changing for it. It begins right here when you seek the place of prayer. And then it all rounds up. This is where it ended. 
This is where everything goes, right? And you see that in just about every kind of biblical passage here. What happens? It ends up by saying, I must preach the kingdom to other places as well. He wants to touch each and every one of us individually, but not just us, also all the others. Those who smell differently. Those who have different education. Those who have different incomes. Those who have different skin color. Those who have different opinions. Those who have different all kinds of I want to preach the kingdom of God to others also. Are we hearing this? Touched by Jesus. He comes when he is asked to come. So my question to you this morning is, will you ask him? Do you really need his help? I can answer that question for you, I think. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And then the hand of Jesus touched me. And I know. That I'm no longer the same. He touched me. Something happened and now I know. That he touched me. And he made me whole. If that's not what you want. I misunderstood who we are as human beings. I think that is exactly where we are. And what we need. Can we stand, friends, to pray? There will be some of you here, and there may be some listening even at home, that say, I need that kind of touch from Jesus. If that's so, hurry up and come in. If you're here, just come on forward. We want to pray with you. There might be some of you said, I can't say that that's my MO. It's not how I have operated, but I want it to be. That, too, we want to pray with you about. Come here, grab our hands when we go out. Find someone you trust, an older Christian or a more mature person in the, in the faith. And again, you say, I can't do this alone. Here's a fellowship that want to walk with you. So whatever God speaks to your heart right now, let it happen. Follow him. Don't be shy. He touched me. And everything changed. Father, I ask that you pour out your spirit upon this place. Move us. In the core of our being, let us sense that we've been touched by the almighty God himself. And may it result in the very things that we have seen and learned from your word this morning. Create in our heart a desire for us as fathers, as mothers, as friends, as prominent persons in other people's lives as individuals, as your people. May we desire a touch from you that enables us to touch others, that you may touch them through us. All of this we ask in your holy, precious name, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.